0: Welcome in, everybody. This is the Solar Insights Podcast, and I want to start off with saying, what up, Beck? Um, of course, this is not the Zach Lowe, the Low Post Podcast, but we've got Howard Beck, Senior NBA Writer at Bleacher Report. How are you doing, Howard?
1: <laughs> what up? I,
0: I if it's the only proper response is to what up you back, so thanks for having me. It's the only thing to say. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. I um, want to talk some NBA basketball here. i uh, love to have you on here. So I wh- want to start off with, how about these playoffs? It's been
1: you know it's funny because it goes it's it's so, so uh such a dramatic swing from year to year sometimes last year I just recall being dreadful first round and this has been like an incredibly compelling first round and including kind of a pseudo upset I don't even know that pelicans mm-hmm. over blazers should be even considered an upset um they were you know so tight in the standings i mean the the what the fact that the Western Conference standings were so tightly packed in the first place um kind of set us all up for this, but it's just that in itself was um, maybe unprecedented. I mean, I'm not sure – I don't recall ever seeing a year where, like, you know, the separation between third and ninth was only a couple of games. And so you almost felt like, you know, the the stage was set for an upset somewhere in there. Um, Obviously, no one was expecting Houston or Golden State to go down early. But Pelicans over Blazers, uh, you know – feels like an upset because we just didn't know what to expect for the Pelicans this year and especially after Cousins is out um but I actually think it's like, a, like it's an unfair uh, burden now for Portland to have hung on them because they were only one win better in the in the regular season and they weren't a great team they were a like, good fine team that made some you know you know measured progress but uh, but the playoffs yeah the playoffs have been phenomenal so far um Interesting seeing LeBron's team, you know, on the ropes a little bit and how they how they might rally. The Jazz Thunder series has been everything you could have hoped so far. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been really enjoyable uh, one weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of for the Pelicans series, we knew that Anthony Davis was the best player in that series, but we wanted to like see it in the playoffs. We knew that he could be that, but we didn't see it until like if you if you Put a list of who's the best player in this series. It's obviously Anthony Davis. But we haven't, he's only been in what was it was, one other playoff series in his life and didn't win any games. So it's, it's, you haven't seen it. Now we saw it and we also saw the amazingness of Drew Holiday.
1: Yeah, and listen, you know, it's, it's fair. People, you know, people get very defensive about this, especially if you're affiliated with a particular fan base of, well, of course Anthony Davis is great. Why would anybody need to see that? Well, you know, it's, it's fair in this league to, kind of withhold judgment on teams and players until you really see them in the crucible when you see them at, at uh, performing at their best when the stakes are the highest, when the pressure is the highest, the playoffs are a different thing. It's why we often say that, that youth um, is is a handicap at times in the postseason. In Anthony Davis's case, you know, he got some playoff experience earlier on, but it's been a couple of years, and, you know, the doubts about Anthony Davis, which I think were semi-fair, were, you know, mm-hmm. does he have – it was never about the talent or the physical gifts. It was always about does he have that other thing, that it factor, that drive to dominate um, the, the desire to and, – and the intensity and the, you know, that, that I don't know, that, that intangible that we see in, in the greats where they just say, this is my game and I'm taking over. And sometimes it's harder to see too, with, with some of the bigs because you gotta get the ball to them. It's not the same as what, you know, if Russell Westbrook wants to take over, well, the ball's already in his hands <laughs> and he's gonna go driving into a crowd whenever he feels like it. Um, someone's gotta get the ball to Anthony Davis. So, uh, so the, 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 the doubts or the, the wonder w- was, fair. And with Drew Holiday was, you know, it's always just about can the guy stay healthy long enough? Mm-hmm. We knew he was a really good player, but I, I feel like he has reached another level. And yeah, it's been phenomenal to see, especially after everything he's gone through personally, mm-hmm. as well as professionally with the injuries. Yeah. So um, all of a sudden, the answer to well, you know, who's Anthony Davis's co-star? Well, then they go and get Cousins to to be that guy. Well, no, it's it's Drew Holiday. Like mm-hmm. that's your one-two punch, and that's actually the more logical one-two mm-hmm. punch. It's more sense. Um, I think the better fitting one, frankly. And and then you yeah. know, the Miritich has worked out really well there, and. Rondo has nine lives and, and he's, you know, <laughs> suddenly an impact player again. Um, all of that has been fascinating to watch with, with New Orleans, especially for a team that started out the season with doubts about whether, you know, this gamble with Cousins would work and how that would play out long term for its first full season. And with everybody wondering, you know, hey, if they miss the playoffs or if they're a first round out, does everyone get fired from the front office down through the coaching staff? And now all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, they're in the second round and, the Warriors are still not
0: whole, um,
1: and the Warriors aren't actually even in the second round yet, although <laughs> I think we all assume they will be.
0: So, Manchinopoli rising from the dead to win a game, I, they, they would be. So, Yeah, um, yeah. Speaking definitely, of nine lives. Speaking of nine lives, exactly. So, I guess we'll just talk to the Blazers now. I was wondering, what do you think the Blazers go from here? Do they trade McCollum or Lillard? Um, do they, they, I don't think they're gonna probably re-sign Nurkish if he's gonna be paid a lot.
1: Yeah, they're in a really tough spot. I mean, they, they've boxed themselves in, obviously, with all the the, the big contracts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and even if they hadn't, I I just think that you know teams you you go you know you you, you go on a run, you you have your breakthrough moment, um, you make a playoffs, you you make the second round of a playoffs, you fall back, you make another playoffs, you you know you you get out in the first round again. Um, teams sometimes just kind of plateau mm-hmm. and. And sometimes even if you think like you've got the right pieces, if, but you just can't break through and it's a combination of chemistry and payroll and it, it's all these different things that go into it. And sometimes you just need to, to shake it up and try something different. And I feel like Portland may have finally hit that, that, that spot. Um, and you could possibly say the same for Washington. I mean, if we mm-hmm. assume that, that, that Toronto's eventually going to prevail in that series, you know, Washington has been all over the map and yeah, injuries have had something to do with that and you know, yeah, if Wall and Beal had a better third and fourth and fifth co-star of some sort, or better supporting cast, you know, maybe they would break through. And but they haven't. And um, you know, at least in Washington's case, you can see the upside still. Porter is still evolving, and Oubre is evolving. I don't, I don't know where Portland's internal growth comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's not going to come from you know Evan Turner and uh, you know. Uh, at Aminu. I mean, it's nope. um, and so and, and yeah. Now they've got. You know, they made a a, a play uh, with with Nurkic last year to try to find that that front court anchor to balance out the lineup. Short term uh, gains, but but it hasn't. You know, it didn't last. Um, I assume they're going to let him walk. But you know, you let him walk, you're not. You're still over the cap.
0: You're, you you're can't not have, gaining anything. You can't have Myers Leonard be your like best big. I mean, no, and you can't, and you can't trade that contract
1: probably, not yeah. without a price. So they're, they're just, they're in a really tough spot, and so, you either wait it out another year, hope to get lucky, hope your you know, some of your young guys, you know, grow quickly, uh, Collins or, or whomever, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you do get that internal growth. Um but in the meantime, you know, you're gonna burn another year of, of McCollum and Lillard. Um those guys are too good to just be a team that's gonna, you know, make the playoffs as a lower seed, which they probably will be again. I mean, that's the part of the thing, part of the case here, too, is, which is what I mean about them, uh, having an unfair burden. They were a third seed by, by, by virtue of a single win. And, um, they're really more of a lower seed in a normal year. And the fact is, San Antonio underachieved because it didn't have Kawhi Leonard. The Thunder underachieved for all sorts of reasons, I suppose. <laughs> um, well, well, yeah, and those pieces just didn't fit as well as they hoped, obviously, and, and Carmelo is, is fading quickly. But, I mean, that should have been your third and fourth seeds in the West, mm-hmm. right? Portland should have been no better than sixth yeah, or fifth. Um, so um, I don't know that they, you can truly say that they made some big leap this year. I feel like they are they are kind of flatlining. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's only rational and reasonable to consider trading McCollum not just for the sake of doing it but to see if you can get that that front court piece you know maybe maybe the long speculated um you know three-way trade in, in which they end up with Kevin Love or maybe it's a two-way mm-hmm. trade but you know a, a Kevin Love type to pair with Lillard you know does that get you further than the uh somewhat du- duplicative uh backcourt alignment um i don't know i i got to assume that everything will be on the table now that they are uh out again and in, in stunning fashion.
0: So you're assuming McCollum traded over Lillard?
1: I think it would be, you know, put all basketball stuff aside. They're similar enough that I suppose you could go either way with this. Mm-hmm. But put all the, the basketball discussion aside, just as a matter of um, your being true to your fan base mm-hmm. and also just recognizing the value that Lillard has as the guy who has been the face of this era, and who is more closely identified, I think, with that team. I mean, it just—it it would feel wrong to have him be the one, right? It just—I I, just—I think—I think you would—you uh, would lose something with the fan base. It, it just wouldn't feel right. Um, so he might, you know, and maybe he gets you more um, in a trade. You know, reasonably could get you more in a trade. But I feel like he's the one who has to stick. He's—he's he's the guy who's carrying you through and, and who defines this—this this era and this team.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we'll keep moving just because we got a lot of stuff to cover. But, uh, my favorite in the playoffs this year has been, um, Philadelphia Miami. That game last, yesterday or the day before was just amazing. Um, it's crazy. There's so much blood on the court and just like craziness. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the, that one, I, I think, you know, the, the heat, um, it's, it's it's such a weird team. You they go, like who defines that team? And I always talk about teams in terms of like you know, what 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 element or what personality defines the team. Spolstra. and, and in that case, it is it's, it's Spolstra. It's kind of the ghost of Wade. Like you know, Dwayne Wade rises up and has a Dwayne Wade game here and there, and, and I, I think he's infused them with a certain amount of uh, confidence. But yeah, it's not like this isn't the James Johnson Miami Heat or the <laughs> it certainly is not the Hassan Whiteside Heat. Who? You know it's not like I love Dragovich, but they're not the, the, he doesn't define them it's It's trying to become the justice Winslow heat, I guess
0: but it's just it's just been interesting for to see ten seconds.
1: yeah, but for like here we are watching a, a Portland Trailblazer team with two certified stars go down uh quickly, and we're seeing a Miami Heat team that has really no one guy that you can say this this is who our team is all about." And um and they're making life tough on the Sixers, who certainly have readily identifiable stars. Um, so it's been fun, and and they are going hard, and um, it's, you know, I, I think we all expect Philly to come out of it, and, and for this this joy ride to continue, but uh but but we'll see. The Heat don't make anything easy.
0: Yes, i um, definitely um. What do you you've interviewed a lot of people for some great stories. Who would you say are some of the most insightful basketball minds outside of LeBron?
1: Oh, among the players? Yes. That's a really interesting question. Um, I'm not, I'm, like, there's no one person who, who, like, just leaps out. Uh, LeBron always has a great way of of explaining things. Mm -hmm. Kobe was like that back in the day. You know, I mean, Kobe obviously is such the technician about the game. Yeah. um, And he's somebody I interviewed almost more than anyone, probably, um, because I spent seven years covering the Lakers. Um and obviously he 's got a new show that you know is all about him explaining details. the game so um but it 's often been like the you know the the role players it 's the guys around the edges who i 've often found um maybe it 's because they're they're don't, they don 't have as much on their plate either or they 're not as much in <laughs> in demand so it 's like you know it 's a you know a, a James Jones or um you know Malik Rose back in the day um i 'm trying to think of of the other uh you know, it's if I if I were to sit down and actually think it out, I would probably come up with like my you know my role player all stars who are the uh, the great perspective guys. That's but um, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to think about that one for a bit.
0: What about maybe the most insightful non basketball like th- most insightful thoughts about non basketball other than Jalen Brown?
1: Oh, about all the off court stuff. Um, or the just the world, and the philosophy. world. The, yeah, the or the world at large. Um. Again, it, it's like, off the top of my head. These things are always difficult mm-hmm. to kind yeah. of uh, to uh, to kick around. I like I, I seriously have to like th- sit down and think about everybody I've talked to over the years. Like, there's no, it's, it's hard. Yeah, what I, these are the kinds of questions I, that I love. But like when I'm put on the spot in, a, yeah. in the, the in the <laughs> in the, no the moment, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they tell me a joke. You know, tell me a, tell me a
0: joke. Yeah, right, before yeah, you, have you
1: yeah, and you immediately go blank, so... Well,
0: that'll be interesting to find out, but I actually have a question from Twitter here. Um, Matt Norlander. Do you know Matt, Lor- Matt Norlander?
1: Only know him from Twitter.
0: So he's my cousin, actually, from CBS. Oh, well. um, And he has a question. Um, he says he's kind of inside baseball, but he inter- he'd be interested in your perspective on how much easier or more difficult it is now versus a decade ago for player of media availability and how to get your stories. Huh. Um...
1: How much easier or more difficult? Um, I I tend to think, and I hate to, to sound like the wet blanket or just mm-hmm. old man screaming about the good old days. <laughs> um, I think everything's gotten a little bit tougher um, from a from a reporter's perspective, covering the league. Um, when I started covering the Lakers in '97. It's you know the internet's still sort of in its infancy. And, you know there's there you know it's we're years and years before blogs and you know way before Twitter, any social media. So it's it's a combination of two things. One, there was less media, just fewer people in the room, fewer outlets because it was primarily newspapers, maybe wire service, radio, TV, whatever. Um, and so there was a little less uh, jockeying for for real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and thus less demand on the players. But also, I think social media has, you know, made players even more hyper-aware than they already were of of what they say, what they do, spin, um, crafting of image. Even just the, the, the way we talk about brand. When I first started covering the league, players weren't consumed with or even concerned with their brand. Jordan certainly was, but... It wasn't a universal thing. And you didn't hear guys talk about my brand. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a much more modern concept um, when it comes to athletes or, or frankly, media people. Um, yeah.
0: That
1: that everybody's trying to cultivate their brand. And it was, uh, you know, I preferred a time when you could just, when when guys weren't so self-conscious that something that they might say or do would affect their brand and their image and their ability to be, a, a marketer or whatever else. It was just kind of about the basketball. And if that meant that they were going to say something off kilter or, you know, whatever, if their candor was going to get them in trouble, so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes hard to imagine a guy like Gary Payton, you know, thriving in today's <laughs> NBA. Yeah, because everything's so overstressed. Hell, even Jordan. I mean, I, you know, people have, you know, I'm not the first one to to raise this hypothetical, but, but the, you know, if the if the nineties bulls had had to operate in, in today's environment with the scrutiny and social media mm-hmm. and, and you know and, and also just camera phones. You know, I mean that that's a whole other element unto itself. That mm-hmm. nobody can do anything without some fan or somebody somewhere filming you, snapping you, if you're out too late, if you're at a casino, if you're wherever. Um and that's it. Just it's, it's changed the dynamic. It's changed the way players carry themselves um, and how how conscious they are of everything they say and do. Um, and so it, it they become more cautious. And and when you become more cautious, I think you become more dull. Um, thankfully, we have Joel Embiid who doesn't give a crap and <laughs> and just wants and, and just wants to be himself and have fun. And I, I I wholeheartedly endorse that. And I want the whole league to be like Joel Embiid. Follow his lead.
0: It's so great. What are your? Uh, do you have any? Uh, key? tips on, would you say, maybe cultivating sources? Um, yeah, there's there's no, like,
1: one way there. The thing I like to, to tell people about, like, the reporting process and about, like, when you're working on a beat mm-hmm. or about how people go about doing the job, like, I always go back to, like, my early days on the Laker beat. The first year I was, uh, so I was worked, working for the LA Daily News, and the LA Times beat writer, with Scott Howard Cooper, and Scott had been mm-hmm. covering the league for years. Scott was amazing, really plugged in, and he's kind of a really low-key personality. And so I watched Scott in the way he would go about things, and I, I just observed him a lot in my first you know weeks on months on the beat to try to see how he did it. But he was a very low-key personality. And then after him came Tim Tim Kawakami, who's you know mm-hmm. now at the San Jose Mercury or not Mercury News. He was at the Mercury News now at the Athletic. Yeah. And Kawakami had him much different approach and a much different personality Mm -hmm. and then he gave way to Tim Brown who's now covering baseball for Yahoo. Tim Brown had a different way about it and each of them had their own like if you you were ranking them all on a scale of like most outgoing to least outgoing or uh, you know how aggressive they were or um, how schmoozy they were or whatever they just they were all the, the three of them were very different personalities but in my seven years on the beat I learned a ton from each of them but what was what I the like takeaway for me when I thought about it in terms of what this kind of teaches you about the beat is that there is no one way. Like they Mm. were three very different people in the way that they carried themselves, the way they wrote, the way they reported. Um, But they were all incredibly effective, great at the job. And I learned a ton from, from each of them. And so whenever anybody asks about it, about, you know, the how to cultivate sources or how to work a beat, like there are certain fundamental things, like you know, talk to everybody, meet everybody, get every phone number and email address you can get,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, follow up with people, you know, uh, you know, you know, get make sure you get FaceTime, be places, don't you know, don't you got to you got to be at the games, you got to be at practices, you got to, you know, it's whatever the the Woody Allen quote about showing up is like ninety five percent of life, or I'm butchering it entirely, but um, there's a there's a lot of truth to that in. in being an effective beat writer you just have to be around and, and, and constantly introducing yourself to people and, and meeting new people um and and cultivating or or kind of managing the relationships you already have um so it's it you know it, it all sounds like common sense but it's it's the kind of thing that when you are just immersed in the day-to-day and and just trying to to Get your job done. Sometimes you lose track of, but it's it, those those are the things that are the most important. It's all it's all about the networking, and you know. But as I say, you can be any number of different types of personality and and still be effective.
0: Definitely. Thanks for the for perspective. That's awesome. Um, back to some basketball stuff. Um, of these promising cores, which one do you think is like? Just kind of give a little thoughts on them. Lakers, the Bulls.
1: Ooh, there's a fun one. Yeah. Um I apologize, since you know, like, I feel like I should be pandering to your audience, but I'm not <laughs> Don't to do it. it! Don't do uh, it! I don't want it. No, the the Suns are last among those three, um, but um, the, I think the Bulls are first. I, the, the, the the which is really funny to say because, you know, as of last June, in the wake of the Butler trade, you know, it seemed clear to me, or at least I thought it was clear to me. Um, I think I, along with many others, were wrong on this that the Bulls were were really just going uh, for the full-on tank. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, Chris Dunn, when he was healthy this year, was really, really good. Um, Much better than anything we saw in Minnesota his first year there. Uh, Lowry Markinen, you know, obviously had a really strong rookie season. Zach Levine uh, Levine came back and has been, you know, in the, the, you know, whatever it was, month and a half, two months that he got in, um, looked pretty much like his old self. Um they've got some some decent pieces and they've got some flexibility and um you know I I I I want to say I like what they have I don't, you know I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, obviously with all three of these teams there there are a lot of flaws and a lot of uh moves yet to come but I feel like the Bulls have the best head start put it <laughs> that way um the Lakers you know uh, you know ball looks like essentially what we thought he would be which is pretty good um Ingram made some strides. Randall came on strong, but he's a free agent and they may have to blow him out to to create the cap room to go chase LeBron and Paul George and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But um I, I I think they've got uh I, I if 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 they didn't do anything in free agency and it was just, you know, Ball, Ingram and the rest of that group coming back, I like the the potential there for growth. The Suns are tricky. Um I I like we were saying before we started recording you know you watch more of them than i do and more closely than i do mm-hmm. but you know how many of those guys do you have faith in outside of devin booker and then you know i i this is not to dismiss devin booker i don't want this to come off the wrong way but i have seen devin bookers before like we have seen the guys who you know uh, you know flashy shooting guard type on a bad team can put up 20 25 points um and 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 ha- you know have nice numbers and then it doesn't necessarily translate when a team you know, finally starts to fill in around them. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's it's hard to judge in in that kind of context. So I'm not I'm not sure of Booker yet. Is he mm-hmm. a good scorer? Who I mean, is he truly going to be a, a number one on a playoff team at some point, or is he a complementary scorer uh, who would best be paired with you know a superstar like you know LeBron or an Anthony Davis or uh, you know whoever it might be. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I'm curious to see where that goes, and then a bunch of guys who, you know, we still don't know for sure. If, you know what Marquise Chris is going to be, or what Dragon Bender is going to be, or you know Jackson or anybody else. So um, it's I feel like they're hard to assess right now. The Suns.
0: Yeah, for Booker, I just yeah because I watch him every pretty much every game he's played, almost all of them. It's for me for him. It's the intangibles that he brings, the leadership for someone so young. Um the, uh, he, his defense up, amped up this last year to below average. I mean, he's gotta be better than Harden at this point. Um, in terms <laughs> of effort, which is, I guess that's not hard to do, but um although Harden was also better this year a little bit, Um his passing is, continues to get better. I, I was actually on the, for a while, for most of the season, I was on the, the mark that he would be the second best player on a championship team. And other people tried to convince me, non-sense people, I was actually, it was, it was surprising to me that some other people could have convinced me he was the best player on a championship team, which I'm not completely sold on. Um, but he's very good. Jackson certainly got better. I think Jackson's going to be just far and away better than people think. I was always a Jackson guy. I'm out on Chris pretty much. I'm in on Bender. Um, and they, the rest of the players are whatever. But the thing is really about the uh, getting – say you get Donich and say you can overpay for Capella or you trade a bunch for a Kawhi if he's available, which I doubt. There's something there. Um, and I think Booker's gonna be just a lot better with people around him because it's just he's a double team, triple teamed almost every single play, and he's still putting up 25. and the, his uh, legend not the legendary, the uh, historic numbers he's putting up for, for people his age. It's usually only Carmelo, Kobe, LeBron, and Durant, those people are the only people in his uh, tier.
1: Yeah, and those are all really promising signs and, and to your point, like I do his steadiness, um, his I think he's got the right personality for it. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, it it's it's un, it's 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 unfortunate that we that, that um he's on a team that's had so much instability around him, whether it's the roster or the coaching yeah. because I I I do feel like it's hard to get a, a good beat on that. But he's handled it all very well. And again, that, that those are all good signs. So, you know, um We'll see what they do coaching-wise and mm-hmm. who else they can bring in. If, you know, it's always hard to know with a young team when's the right time to try to like, alright, go make a couple of big free agent spends. <laughs> yeah. I don't and they don't have here. any reason to take anymore. Yeah. No, you you gotta, and, and that's the thing, is like, uh, w- with a guy like, like Devin Booker sitting there, you also don't want to wait too long and have him just sour on the franchise. Like he, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, he, he's not gonna, you know, it's not. It's not incumbent upon him to be patient forever either. For you to get the right guys around him.
0: I mean, from his quotes at the end of the season the exit interviews, it's it's time right now. I mean, you yeah. have the pieces. Yeah. You you have all the assets. You can throw Warren and whoever Warren, Chris, and two firsts, and see what you can get. Um, one. I mean, people are people do their exec, crazy ESPN trade machine trades. And people are like, hey, go get Lillard, Kemba, or Jean Wall. It's like, uh maybe not, but we'll see. I think, <laughs> like, if you get Aiton and Lillard, like, you have something. I doubt that's going to happen. Or if you get Kawhi and Aiton, like, or Kawhi and Donuts, like, there's something there. But I'm not thinking that any of those are necessarily probable. Yeah, Kawhi,
1: you know, Kawhi's a tough one. We don't, you know, no one knows if he's truly going to be available. If he is available, there's going to be teams with, you know, obviously some really attractive packages they can put together, starting with Boston and, um, we'll see what that competition looks like, but, do you think,
0: um. Yeah, do you think Boston has more to offer than the Suns now? Since, cause they're not going to, like, trade Hayward they're not going to trade, like, Kyrie. Do they still well, have enough? I, I,
1: I, think if you, I think you build a trade around, you know, we're often in, in the hypothetical world mm-hmm, now, absolutely. but, I mean, I, I, you know, I can only guess, but if, if you're going to offer Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum plus, you know, some other pieces and a pick or two, I mean, they still, the Celtics still have, have, You know, picks to spare too. Um, I mean, if a starting point to a Celtics package is is one of those two young wings, Mm -hmm. you're already in really great shape, Um, and and you're already ahead of just about everybody else. If you're willing to trade one of those two guys, which you kind of have to be, because you know, you first of all, no no one's going to make a trade without those guys. The Spurs aren't going to acquire or not going to send out Kawhi without getting back one one of those two, Brown or or Tatum. And then, um, if you're the Celtics, you don't have enough. You know, you enough minutes for everybody anyway. So, yeah. um, you, you've got, so now you, if you've got Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Kawhi, and That's then whichever, which, and whichever of the two that you didn't trade still there, Brown's so still there, and you here. traded Tatum. I mean, I, you're, you're in pretty great shape, but uh, you know, I was saying this to somebody earlier today. That all is, is, is predicated on the idea that Kawhi Leonard is still Kawhi Leonard. Like, we haven't mm-hmm. seen him on a court in a while. And he's got to be healthy, and you have to see whether or not he, you know, like what what's his state of mind? Because there's so much mystery about this rift with the Spurs and what's going on. You got to do your due diligence to make sure that that you know he's, you know, that he, that he, he's, uh, I don't know, locked in again. Yeah. Because I think this whole episode has been really strange, and I feel like it's it reflects more on him than the Spurs right now. And so you got to make sure that that you know you're you're getting a uh, you know, the right version of Kawhi.
0: And for any, the medical side, the Suns are the best team to try to do that on the medical side. Also, this this kind of shines a light to how important Tim Duncan was because nothing has happened for 20 years and then he's gone and then, whoa. it's <laughs> <coughs> a I don't know, you know, I, I tend to think that whatever's going
1: on with Kawhi in the Spurs would have been happening regardless of who's there. Yeah. But um, but it, it, it does show you the value of having a, a really low-maintenance superstar, which is what we thought Kawhi Leonard was. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I still believe that he, you know, this thing gets resolved. Whatever's going on, when the season ends, they'll all get together, they'll figure it out, and he'll stay. I mean, I, I'll still be more surprised if he's moved than not.
0: Same here. Well, thank you so much, Howard, for coming on. This was great. We got some different perspectives on a bunch of different topics. I really enjoyed it. Do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything coming up here?
1: Uh, no, thanks. I've uh, still got the, the full 48 podcast. I don't, I, don't, I'm not a, I don't have a story to plug yet, but uh full 48 podcast. Um, this one was with Matt Barnes talking about marijuana and mm, the NBA, yeah. but also a bunch of other Issues. He was fantastic. Matt Barnes is just a really great interview, so it was a lot of fun to do. And I've got another uh, episode of the podcast. I don't want to give away the um, guest yet, but yeah, a really good, really, really good one coming up. Um, it Should publish Wednesday morning, so look for that one. Uh, I think though it is not. Specifically, a basketball podcast. This one—that's one that I think all your uh, listeners will love. So, I definitely. Enjoy um, it. So, yeah, thank you for the uh, opportunity to plug all of that.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Howard. Um, definitely, everybody, check out the Solar Insights podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else. Um, definitely check out my other website, Elite Hoops Development. I'm Impact Basketball Certified, so if you're in Arizona and want to train, uh, let me know. I have some clients that want to get some more. So, if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, go like, review, rate the podcast, and have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Bye.